0: doing? How you feeling? How you living? Thanks for joining me today. It's your girl, Akua, your host for Dem Coins Podcast, where we help millennials of faith gain clarity on what they truly value, manage and increase their income and crush their financial goals. And today's special guest is Mr. Olu Sanya. We'll be talking about investing, entrepreneurship, real estate. And so much more. Well, hello, hello, beautiful, amazing, talented. What's another flattering, fanciful word? I don't know. But hello, amazing, amazing Demcoins family. We have another amazing episode. And Lately, you know, I've been feeling like me and my Nigerian brothers and sisters, I don't know, lately we vibing. So if you heard last week's episode, our amazing, amazing guest, her name was Olu Sayo. This week, our guest is Olu Sanya, right? Two different people, just so we are clear. (laughs) But yeah, so this is going to be an amazing episode. And we had a really, really great conversation that went a little longer than I expected it to so I was kind of thinking of oh my gosh should I you know chop it up and kind of make it a little shorter or should I break it up into two episodes and you know what I was like I don't want to take away anything that Olu says out I think he has a lot of really interesting valid points he is very um, dedicated to the debt-free life (laughs) and if you know anything about this channel or channel. Ooh, child. If you know anything about this podcast, I am a person who likes to learn about people from all facets of finance. And then with our discernment and our direction from good old Holy Spirit, we make the best decisions for our families, right? So again, this is not to say that I am, you know, anti-leverage, anti-debt in all ways imaginable. But I think Olu really gives some really, really good uh, reasons for why he is 100% debt-free. And now, mind you, this debt-free lifestyle includes a real estate portfolio of 18 properties. So let's get into this, right? Part one with Olu Sanya. So who is Olu? Olu Sanya has a dual degree in applied physics and electrical engineering from Morehouse College and Georgia Tech. He is a native of Lagos, Nigeria and graduated from International School Lagos in 1996. He went on to study for two years in London, England, at the end of which he got a full scholarship to Morehouse College. His experience at Morehouse exposed him to the best of black culture in America. And in the fall of 2001, he started his first company, dialafrica.com, a telecom distribution business. He also started other businesses as a student at Georgia Tech, including his most successful business, successprep.com, an educational consulting and tutoring company with clients from as far as Melbourne, Australia to Dubai and all throughout the United States. His passion for wealth building, especially black wealth, led him to real estate investing. He currently owns a portfolio of 18 paid for rental properties from Atlanta to Detroit. He believes in living debt free. So without further ado, let's get into this interview. Hello and welcome, Dem Coins family. We got another special guest, Olusanya.
1: Hey, hi, Akua. How are you?
0: Good, good. How are you?
1: Good, good, good. Nice to uh, connect with you on your podcast. Uh, happy for some of the amazing things you're doing on it.
0: Oh, appreciate it, appreciate it. And you also have some really um, amazing accomplishments, and we're going to get into all of the investment entrepreneurial <laughs> things and so we're gonna roll it back right so you have a dual degree in the sciences right and you come out of school and I wonder with science degrees usually you know you can just go work for a fortune 500 and just you know kind of coast your way through why did you want to start your own business where did that come from
1: uh, cool. uh, that's uh, a question I've gotten over the years. Um, I've run my business now for 19 years, the so 19th year running Success Prep, which is my most successful um, venture. Run, I've done a lot of, I'm a serial entrepreneur, I've done a lot of the different businesses, but that has been the most successful. But well, the reason is because I came to this country. I'm originally from Nigeria, West Africa. So shout out to the West Side, West Side uh, with the West Side. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. <laughs> they feel it. They feel it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: out to the West Side Gang um, from West Africa. And no so coming in as an immigrant, um actually went to school in London, which is usually the path for most Nigerians and Ghanaians. Uh, we'll go to the UK first and then find their way around the world. So while schooling in London, um, uh, my parents were paying international school fees, which was pretty expensive in a foreign exchange, um, having to co- convert Naira, which is our currency locally in Nigeria, to um two pounds and pay for my school fees so my mom looks at me and says dude we've paid for this past two years cash you're gonna have to figure out something if you're going to continue schooling in the uk so i would go to my um i would go to my excuse me mother i would go to my um local school um uh, right there in the uk and every friday i would go to them and say hey I need a scholarship to continue my university education because usually in the UK, you usually have to go through this junior college kind of thing called um, um, A-level school um, and then go on to university. So there, instead of a five, four year university is usually like uh, two in junior college and three in university, right? So I was getting ready for the university side. So I got a, a college out um, uh, of, so, so I would do that every Friday. And one of the, one of those uh, weeks, I just got a call from my college saying, hey, there's this school in the U- US looking for Black students, Black male students. It's the only all-Black, all-male school in the US. Um, I'd never heard about Morehouse College before at that time, and that was Morehouse College. So Morehouse College was looking for five Black British students who they would take to the US. And um, because the, the, the Morehouse president at that time Uh, Walter Massey wanted Morehouse to become a walled house. So wanted international students from everywhere to add to the pool of um, just local African-Americans and stuff. So that's kind of how I came to the States. Now, uh, the BBC, British uh, um, TV heard about our story and the fact that Morehouse was spending all this money on us. And they created, they did a documentary about us actually um, called From London Boys to Morehouse Men. Um, And a lot of our friends, a lot of folks in the UK saw that documentary. And so when we came in 98, um, we had BBC cameras following us everywhere we went to our classrooms, when we went out to the West End, when we went out in the weekends, like they were everywhere. So I always joke that I was the first reality, and we were one of the first reality shows. You know, <laughs> but this was before reality shows were big. Yeah, <laughs> Housewives yeah, was a big deal mm-hmm. in '98. You know, so it was pretty. It was a big deal. So that was my my foray into the US, going to an awesome school like the um like Morehouse, and then also uh, Georgia Tech, because I went to Morehouse for three years and then Georgia Tech for two years applied physics at Morehouse and then um, engineering at Georgia Tech. So, yes, you're right, Akua. Most of my peers with that kind of resume, um, you know, pedigree and schooling would traditionally just go work for corporate, especially coming out of Morehouse. Morehouse guys had a pick of where they wanted to go work. I didn't because as an international student, I didn't have like the paperwork, you know, like the immigration paperwork, like green card and stuff like that. To to easily transition because the companies had to file for you and stuff. So I always tell tell people that at times your your um your kind of like your your no, it's not it's not your weakness but like your disadvantage at times becomes your superpower. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Like
1: your so for some cases your illness for some cases your disability for some cases your that challenge. I you know I see a lot of folks who um. Uh, ADHD or kind of have some kind of stuff where they you know they've been labeled as not being normal something's kind of sort of you know they're not just like everyone else I wasn't like everyone else in that sense right I I couldn't easily just do even though I had this amazing um, schooling background and stuff so I was kind of sort of forced to kind of think of an alternative way of getting things done I also come from a long line of entrepreneurs right like um four generations of entrepreneurs, at least as far back as my great grandfather, um, back home on my mother's side. So being an entrepreneur, side, so I've discovered that I enjoy people. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy interacting with people. Um, and I also like the idea of creating something new, um, solving problems, which was, if you look at it from the engineering side, is really what a lot of you know science and technology kind of stuff goes into right you know mm-hmm. solving problems so it was for me it was a merger of my entrepreneurial people person skills with um, my ability to solve problems I, is really what has gotten me to to where we are where i, I run a number of business, different businesses success prep is my test prep company we prepare students for gma gre sat act prep um, and then i'm big into real estate i buy a lot of re- rental properties and, and you and I kind of met because I'm looking to start a new business this year in tech, um, in, you know, kind of with the, with the path to hopefully get into cybersecurity. So that's pretty much me in a nutshell in terms of what I've done the past 19 years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. That's yeah, that's interesting. And I love that your disadvantage becomes your superpower, because yeah. if you did have, you know, all the paperwork, then we wouldn't have been able to see all this potential with all your businesses and everything. And so with success prep, why do you think that is your most successful business? And what sort of three key, if I'm starting a business today, like what are the three key things I need to have a successful business?
1: That is awesome. Because if you kind of think about it, one one thing that happens is I tell folks all the time, I mentor a lot of young people, either coming out of college or even just folks who've been professionals for a while, who want to kind of transition into some kind of entrepreneurial role, current kind of role and idea. And it, one one of the things I one of the challenges a lot of people have is they'll have a lot of ideas. Some of them, they're just small ideas, some are bigger, and, and they, they're not unsure which one they should pursue. One of the things I tell folks is. The world and the universe around you essentially tells you who you are. It's kind of like you looking, I'm looking at your core, right? I know exactly how you look. I know what your hairstyle looks like. I know everything about you. You have to look in a mirror to see yourself. Mm. Everyone else sees you all the time. They can say a lot more about you than you can see about yourself at times. So where is that? Where am I going with that? What I'm trying to say with that is listen to what the world is saying about you. Listen to when they say, oh, man, you're really good at this. Oh, man, anytime you show up and you do this, like you're the best at it. You're so good when you explain this. They are essentially telling you who you are. When you listen to those things, those things help you essentially move in the direction that you're most likely going to be most successful, right? So for me, one of the things that helped me, I'd run all these other kind of businesses, sold all kinds of things. When I was in the UK, I used to sell ties and calculators and go door to, door to door to companies. I mean, I did a lot of different things just to kind of build income. But the test spread part, part started when, as an international student, they always said, hey, you can't work. You can't go get a job, right? But one thing I realized very quickly is, well, but I have a skill. I'm very good at math. I'm very good at the sciences. And I'm also very good at explaining them. One of my gifting is the gift of teaching. Everyone needs to find their gifting. Um, and we all have giftings, right? We all have superpowers. And essentially, being able to take that skill and then use it. So I said, well, I have the skill of explaining things to people very well. And so I started tutoring. And that is how Success rep started. I will tutor on campus. I will get contracts to tutor over the summer <clears throat> because a lot of these other summer programs will have all these summer camps, right? <clears throat> and a lot of them could easily get counselors, but getting actual instructors to tutor the kids after, not to the professors have taught them during the day. They had um, study hours and math labs and stuff like that. So I would get a lot of those contracts. And so I would talk to myself, oh, This is a way to make money without you know being very smart about the rules and so essentially that's what built into a business because as i was kind of coming out of college um i'd actually run two other companies i'd run a telecom company with one of my buddies out in california where we'd go to telecom companies and buy wholesale minutes from big companies and cut them into minutes because as an international student calling home this was before the. This was when the internet was really, really young, right? So there was no WhatsApp. Now, now I don't. I don't use phone cards to call back to Africa or call back to Nigeria anymore, right? You just what this. You do it all on the internet or Voice over IP. This was way before Voice over IP. Mm-hmm. So we'll cut those minutes. and sell them. That was DialAfrica.com. That's, started another company postvoice.com where we were, we were coming up with this idea to create um, <clears throat> instead of emails to have your emails be voice so-called post voice so instead of you because it was I hate typing to send an email right so I would just I just wanted to go to my computer press a record button voice it and send it over right on the other end so you what you got was a voice message in the email it was another way of communication so that we burn out of money on that as well. And so eventually I landed up with success prep, because then I said, that was a skill that I had and no one could take from me. It. It's, it's already a learned skill. I already had it. Um, and it was a service. So when you take talk about what, what three things can you take and use in terms of starting a business, listen to what people are saying about what your skill is. Because at times they're telling you what the marketplace would most likely buy from me because they already appreciate that about me. Yeah. That is one thing. Um, another thing really is also kind of thinking, do I am I am I putting on a product or service? I am big on a service based business because most of the time, the skill is already innate. You already have it. You don't have to go produce it or get production time and blah, blah, blah. And because it's service, you don't have to like come up with prototypes. It's it's um, the barrier to entry is lower. Right. Because with a product-based business that you have to create this product, there's all this capital that has to go into buying a whole bunch of it. And you don't even know if the marketplace is going to buy it from you. In a service-based business, you could roll it out and see if people are going to sign you up, you know, sign up to actually, you know, sign up for your service. Right. And if they don't sign up for it, then you just after a while, it hasn't really cost you anything to put it out outside of your marketing someone to say, to say, hey, I exist and I'm here. you know. So um, listen to what people are saying about you. Um, service-based businesses are easy to get started and roll in, <clears throat> And then just put yourself out there. Another thing I tell a lot of young people is if you have ideas, um, start in college. I felt like I had an, uh, a really good advantage starting in college because I, I always tell folks, as a, as a young person in college starting a business, it was hard for the adults to say no to me because wow. they just yeah <laughs> because they just thought it was cute. They were like, yeah, "Oh my yeah. gosh, <laughs> like you're actually you're you're confident enough. You can speak up for yourself. You can stand and put out what you're selling. They, even if they don't need it, they just buy some. They just buy from you, right? Yeah. Just, just, to buy, <laughs> just to encourage and support you. So I thought that was really good. Um, very early on in my particular case, obviously with Success Prep being Success being a um a, a test prep com- um, based business tutoring based business oh there were a whole bunch of people that needed our services right a whole bunch of kids in high school that are struggling with math science and ultimately sat and act prep which is what we're really known for um and then also in the graduate school level being able to do gre gman and lsat as well so um i think just finding something that the marketplace really needs you know There are new kids every year, you know, that are going to be juniors and you know sophomores, juniors, and seniors needing SAT prep. People are going to law school every year. People are going to grad school every year. There will never be a a um uh a a, a, that 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 supply or customers will never really dry up.
0: Nice, that's really good. Yep. Listen to what people are saying, Decide if you want a service or a product, but service lower barrier to entry, and then just start putting yourself out there as early as possible. That's, That's good. Yeah. I like that. And so with um with the success of um of your businesses, so then where did? real estate come into play how you got started in real estate did you have a mentor or what happened with that
1: so i get that question a lot too for a lot of people folks who say hey you know where you know it seems like you've done all these other things and then real estate just jumps up out of the bushes on the side like where did that come yeah (laughs) and i answer that question this way like i said i come from long life entrepreneurs my grandfather on my mom's side um has fifty properties in Nigeria right now. Now this guy has been has passed away now for the past like thirty, like thirty three years, and he still collects rent every month.
0: Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Did you just say five zero?
1: Yes, fifty. Fifty. <laughs> that he built from ground. Every single one of them he built, um, and he rents you know rented them out. So he's been dead now thirty three years, and he still collects rent. He's a state collector every month. So when you ask me, um, what, 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 um, what is the motivation for real estate? Why do you think it's a good idea? I, I don't need to go to business school for you to tell me that I, mm-hmm. I know that yeah, <laughs> I know the power yeah. of that. I know the impact of that. Um, it pays out dividends to all the kids and grandkids, well, all to the kids, which is my mom's, um, <clears throat> level and generation every, every year. Right. So that's all you need to tell me. You know, I tell my mom all the time. I said, my competition is my grandfather. That's what I'm looking to be. I want to beat him. If he had 50, I I want to get to 50 or more um, properties. And so at 18, you know, on the way there, but you know, I (laughs) wish I wish I wish I could have him if I could get on the Zoom call with anyone right now. He would be like, dude, like, how did you do it? How did you go from 20 to get to 30, 40? You know, what were some of the challenges? I know he's in a different part of the world, but still, I don't have too many people to actually kind of bounce those ideas off. I was talking to one of my buddies this week who is working on a 52. Unit apartment complex is looking to spend nine, $9 million dollars on. So I have a few people I could talk Whoa, to. Whoa, hello, not okay, too many. network. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not too, not too many. Uh, but I have some pretty amazing folks around me who are doing. We when you think you're doing pretty good, I talk to someone like that, and I and I'm depressed for the next step forty eight hours.
0: Oh I, no, no need to be. So I I'm not, not doing trying to get
1: anything. <laughs> this is terrible. I need to. My entire twenty twenty two goals are too small. I mean, I need to do bigger <laughs> stuff. You know. So, but you you have folks. You know, you. Get on the call with and you know you're like man you know that's that's something else that i need to push for so yeah
0: wow no that's great yeah you don't need to feel bad some of us are just trying to get one (laughs) (laughs) yeah wow and so hmm that's really interesting because i find that many of the people that i know that are really driven and good with their money usually have some sort of
1: grandparent or someone
0: who laid out some foundation. So that's really awesome.
1: You cannot understate. you cannot understate the power of seeing that in your family and seeing mm-hmm. that come through. Um, you know, talk about many of us are products of our environment, whether good or bad. Um, good habits you learn from there, bad habits you learn from there most of the time. Um, and things, some things are just easier. Like I know a lot of folks i know who just can't break through they're just this mental block that they're too afraid to buy the first one they're oh what if this what if that i'm like what doesn't matter i've seen businesses work and and fail. you just you do smart things to ensure that it doesn't bankrupt you for the next 30 years right like you do smart things there but you have to try you have to jump in you may may work you may not work um and those are again 18 properties and no debt by the way so a lot of people when they talk about numbers like that uh, even bigger numbers you tell me i have 50 units 100 units yes with a lot of debt behind it right um so this is 18 properties where i don't pay a mortgage any single month on any. i just collect rent on them um but i don't pay any i don't pay mortgage now the expenses on them don't get me wrong i'm fixing i know the moment the winter is over i'm going to be i know right now at least i have two maybe three roofs i'm going to be working on right i know that expenses are and they're there but those are properties that there's no bank coming to say oh you didn't make your payment the last three months we're taking it from you and to me when we can not kind of take that and bring that into black wealth which i'm a big proponent of when you bring that into black wealth you you then begin to see kind of where when i talk to a lot of folks um a lot of folks in the black community one of the challenges that i i am that there's a little saddening for me is the lack of information transfer <clears throat> we look at a lot of other communities a lot of jewish communities a lot of just many other communities even as sort other of immigrant communities they keep and they mentor very well um, within those communities we don't yeah. do that too well for us when someone does well it's a little bit more competitive It's almost like oh, look at me i'm here And then it's lonely at the top and you know the thing people you know you hear that word that statement it's lonely at the top the latter part of that statement is only at the top because you didn't bring anyone with you come on all right right. if you brought someone if you brought some folks with you it's not going to be as lonely at the top so if you kind of think about it like on the real estate side with some of the things i'm doing a lot of our friends Um, have come to me and said, hey, Olu, how are you doing some of those things? And I've been open enough to share my process, to share a lot of my resources, my network. So now I have an investment, I have a millionaire investment group that I run. This is essentially a lot of the folks that I mentor through some of these same wealth concepts and wealth paths and stuff. And the reason I talk about the millionaire group a lot is because I want it to be more, more okay for that information to be shared and also to be shared in a very... In a very um, celibate, celibate, celebratory kind of environment, mm-hmm. right? Where it is okay to talk about some numbers and say, oh, yeah, you know. <clears throat> Oh, yeah you did uh you know you know six figures last year in rent so this is you know made 500, million, 500 last year like when those numbers are okay to share when you don't feel like oh gosh you are bragging right where it's more like i see those numbers and i'm like hmm how did you do that right right, right. It's, the, the response is yeah mm-hmm. the, it's more inspirational as opposed to more uh, jealousy or more um more competitive so That's the whole idea with that because it just makes everyone comfortable because they're, oh, okay. They're my peers. They're doing, oh, okay. So it's okay for me to kind of speak up or say something or share some ideas of how I did it and what I did um and that has been very good because one of the things i've found out is especially against around my peers and even at my age and you look at a lot of my peers who you know graduated at this point you've you've been in your career for a while you have run your business for a while you've done some things right and you're doing well financially mostly at least if you're not messing up your money it gets to the point where some of the questions that gets asked then is so what should i be doing with my money now i'm fully funding my retirement. I'm doing well in my profession. I'm I'm at the top tier of in terms of my income. And I'm not wasting the money. I'm not on vacations every month, anything like that. So there is some, there's some excess. So what do I do with it, right? Beyond what I should be doing with it. And honestly, I'm finding out more and more. I take it for granted that these concepts are very, they're intuitive to me. I I research them, I find them, I test them and I execute them. I, I it's, I take it for granted that that is not normal for everyone else. Um, and that is something that I am finding out. So the millionaire investment group has been great to do that because ideally i I'd love to be able to mentor a hundred black millionaires. It's one of my life goals to be able to do that. And I say that out every time I say that it's, it always resonates with the group or the person I'm talking to, because it's almost like, wow, like I've not had someone just be that interested in actually bringing us all together and moving us forward as a group. Um, And I think, specifically in the black community, I think that is something because we don't share that information very well. A lot of folks who just don't have the right information and the right know how, just don't know what to do next. It's like, okay, I've done all these other things they tell me to do but I know there's more I should be doing. I can feel it because it's like, I kind of feel like, okay, I'm here, but I I think I have more capacity to move forward, to progress, but I just don't know how. And, and that's the stuff. And it's not like, it's not to say I know everything. I don't, I'm learning every day, but for some of the things that, that I've been able to do very well, Uh, you know, it's just been very exciting for me to be able to kind of work with more people to say, hey, look, let's do this, 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 let's do this. Pay off your house. It's perfectly fine for you to go buy that four or half a million dollar house with cash. You can do that. And now it blows people's minds. Like, how can you do that? You must have started a $200 million company. No. (laughs) If you look at how much crap you're buying and how undisciplined you are financially and how you're spending, you realize there's just some things you can do to make sure you're there.
0: That's it. That's all you get from part one. But wasn't that good, y'all? Man, Olu is fantastic. I really, really admire people who have done well um, in their journeys and in life, and they are not hoarders of knowledge, right? They're not hoarders of their resources. They're open and they're willing to mentor and want to mentor and and train people and teach people about wealth and, you know, uh, building an awesome, amazing life in general. Um, lots of great takeaways from this episode. I think my favorite is... At the very beginning, where we talk about um, your disadvantage being your superpower, it's something that we hear often. But we're humans, right? We need, you know, we need reminders. And I also think that a lot of times that we have a an issue um, using our superpowers or really embracing our superpowers because it's not big and exciting, right? Like we're not. I don't know, I'm trying to think of somebody flashy. But you get it, right? We're in the social media age and you want to flash it, you want to show it, you want to, you know, you want a flashy career that looks really cool and you know, that's that's not the case for all of us, right? Some of us, hey, we were designed to be in a flashy industry or an industry that's popular, right? Because if you all remember, Back in the day, if you told someone that you were an entrepreneur, that wasn't cute like it is now. <laughs> People would basically say, okay, he don't got no job. She don't got no job. <laughs> but like now, you know, entrepreneurship is is the new sexy thing. And I think that embracing the thing that you're good at, Olu talked about, you know, just naturally in school. He's a teacher and um, he naturally has uh, teaching capabilities. And, you know, starting a test prep business May not be the most Instagram worthy, um, flashy, flashy type of uh, job to start, but it's his most successful and it's still going and he's dang good at it, right? So for all of us, you know, who may not have the most flashy careers or, you know, <laughs> all the uh, all the things, I pray that we embrace our God-given gifts. You know, I really do believe in what Olu was talking about, how you know, people are around you to show you who you are. And a lot of times people will tell you the things you're good at. And a lot of times we don't want to embrace that because we have our mindset on whatever it is that we think we're supposed to be doing. Right. So be open to that. If you are in a place where you're in limbo and you kind of don't know "Eh, left or right, I'm not really sure what next to pursue. I just know I need a change. You know, think about what people compliment you on. Think about, Um, what people say you're good at think about what comes of ease to you that are that is difficult for other people so um, I I encourage every one of you I love every one of you seriously I'm really overwhelmed by the support for this podcast and um, all the interesting stories and just all your awesomeness (laughs) so that was part one and get ready for part two in two weeks And that pretty much wraps up today's episode. Thank you for joining me. I hope you got some new insights or maybe you just got some confirmation on a couple of things. Let your girl know. Feel free to reach out to me via email. Hello at DemCoinsOnline.com. Also, feel free to check us out on Instagram, Dem.Coins. If you have any good topics, cool new strategies, let me know. And while you're at it, feel free to write an awesome five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about me, okay? (laughs) I am so excited for all of us on this journey. And until next
1: time, stay encouraged.